best of summer TV. Oh. And we won't stop in the name of Miley Cyrus. Now, <laughs> where we left off is definitely uh, is a kind of a sour note. Well. Now let's move on to the miniseries on Discovery. <laughs> we won't have any more sour notes, I will tell you. Okay, that. all right. Manhunt, the Unabomber. Now yeah. this is this is based on the Oklahoma City Unabomber. Yeah. That happened in the nineties. I can't remember. I can't remember the date. It was or the eight, late eighties. No, nineties. Yep. Nineties. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is really interesting because you see more and more TV series doing these kind of mini, like extended mini series on real events. And some things can be uh, fabricated for the sake of the story, you know, to push drama along. Now with this, it's on Discovery. My question to you, Critic, is did this feel like a reenactment, so so to speak, like a Discovery stamp on it? Or did it feel more like an FX kind of, like O.J. Simpson, (laughs) uh, very dramatized and uh, heightened? Yeah, it's the latter without the comedy. Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you you could you could have flipped past this and not even known you were watching the Discovery Channel. Oh, okay, okay. This was good. So uh, let me let me just, just say that. Right. Um, if you haven't seen it and you like a suspense thrillers, you like crime dramas, anything like that, I would say definitely watch it. Is it great? No, but it doesn't need to be. It was thoroughly good. We have Paul Bettany playing the Unabomber. Yeah. Ted Kaczynski. We have Sam Worthington playing the FBI agent who catches him. And this agent created a way of going through how people write to capture a signature of the person. So they had all of the writings from the Unabomber he went through and looked at the particular, they call it the idiolect, mm-hmm. the particular way he writes, because he had certain peculiarities. Mm-hmm. And then what they did to catch him is they enlisted the public's help eventually to see if anybody could recognize that kind of writing. So the question is, and we know the answer now, but the question yeah. in the show is, the Unibarber's very smart. He studied up on his legal stuff and he told this uh, agent in prison because he wanted to speak to him. He said, look, I'm going to get this thrown out because you have no backing for this new science. This is new. Who are you? You You aren't qualified for this. What? So what they do is they take us through the manhunt, as it says, Mm -hmm. and the post hunt. (laughs) So we... We toggle between those time periods. We also see the toll it took on uh, the FBI agent's family and the struggles he had in the bureau itself because they weren't buying it either. Mm-hmm. So, hey, check this out. That's all I gotta say. You know what? That's great. I'm 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 really happy for Discovery in doing that. I'm I'm sure we'll see more. Moving yes. on to USA, the Sinner. Uh oh. And this is an anthology. It's season one. Mm-hmm. This was with Jessica Biel. Yes. Uh, and she is a saint or yeah. a saint. <laughs> well, so what happens is there's a woman, she's married, uh, and that's Jessica Beale. She's married to Christopher Abbott's character. They have um, a young child, but she seems despondent. You're thinking, okay, is this postpartum? What's going on? They're at the beach. 
she hears a song playing on somebody's little boom box. It drives her to kill a man. Oh, wow. She runs up and stabs him in the neck, dead. Okay. What is going on? What is going on? She wants to plead guilty. So her husband's like, no, don't do this. You know, fight. She doesn't want to. But there is a detective who thinks something's up. He doesn't think it's quite as clean as how she's presenting it. And that detective is played by Bill Pullman. Oh. So while she's uh, pleading guilty, he's still investigating. And what he wants to do is figure out what's going on with this music, what actually happened to her, because she can't remember some parts of her history. Mm. So here we flash back in time as well. We start seeing her family life and how her sister was very sickly her whole life. And the mother blamed Jessica Biel's character for that. Yeah. So very religious family. Pray to God you did this. You're the reason why she's sick, all of that kind of stuff. But the sickly sister wants her own life. So she lives vicariously through Jessica Biel and essentially forces Jessica Biel to do some naughty things that she doesn't want to do. So this leads us into the sinning, the sinner. We see exactly what happened, why that song triggered her to kill this man. And the question is, at the end, does she get off or not? Uh, And I mean, uh, from out of legal. Okay, I was going to be like, okay, what are we talking about? (laughs) See, I've read your mind. I've read your mind. (laughs) Oh, but it's an anthology, so we... You know, who knows what will be next after yeah. that. And it was good. I mean, this was good. It, it does lose a bit of steam as you watch. I will say that. Okay. Get Shorty, which is on Epics. Mm. It's not quite finished yet, but we at least can talk about it for the most part. Correct? Yeah. So That's right. this is based on, remember that Mel Gibson movie, <laughs> listeners? It's, the, it's based on that. And the question to me, or for me, or from me, mm-hmm. is rather, is this something that we, is this an extended 10 episodes of the movie? Mm. Or is this something different and something new? Because if it's extended 10 hours of the movie, then that may change uh, people's preferences when it comes to watching this. Yeah, it, actually they went back to the book. Oh, great. That- yeah, the Elmore Leonard novel. So it is not the movie. Good. Um, and it is good. So I was even surprised because I had my eye, I was looking at it with my side eye going, I don't know. Epics, I don't know. But look, this is so entertaining. There's only one episode left and I, I can't wait for the next season. Mm. Uh, so Chris O'Dowd plays Miles Daly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a hitman. Uh, for a, a, a cartel head, another female cartel head. Uh, hey. Her name, hey, her name is Omara. Yeah, Omara, yeah, and that's played by Lydia Porto. And uh, let me tell you, don't mess with this woman. And his sidekick is your boy, Sean Bridgers from <laughs> Rectify. Yay, there he is. And you know, this idiot. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, you know, they're great at, at doing their hitman stuff, but not outside of that. Now, Chris O'Dowd's character also has an estranged wife. He has a teenage daughter. So what happens is he tries to get out of the crime business so that his wife will take him back. And the way he does that is he becomes a film producer. <laughs> Which and, 
if you look in recent times, I don't know how different uh -oh. it is. I'm just saying. Okay, we, we will let that sit in everybody's <laughs> thoughts. So, uh, so he ropes in a down-on-his-luck, shysty producer played by Ray Romano. <laughs> Which great, wonderful. I'm, I'm excited about I that. I mean, he this man doesn't produce B movies. These are like F movies. <laughs> and what happens is he convinces Amada to put her money into a script oh, from okay. a writer who's dead. I won't tell you how he gets dead. Yeah. But and the script happens to be very good though. Oh. So it's a hot commodity. And there's a studio that actually backs it. They end up going into production. He gets his daughter into the film. Okay. He's a fully, he's a, a, a producer now, a real producer, but the writer's dead. So his buddy played by Sean Bridges pretends to be the writer. And we know oh, that doesn't work dear. out. Oh, so we boy. see how all of this plays out. Now we know if cartels are involved, yes. is this going to work out? <laughs> because we also know the movie business, which is very fickle. So, and very look. similar to a cartel. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a blend of like a Hollywood story with a cartel and it's a dramedy. It really works. It's a lot of fun. If any of that sounded interesting, check it out on Epics. All right. On Epics. Now let's move on to Netflix. Ah. Marvel's The Defender. The Defenders, it has yeah. been a well-awaited, like everybody, they, Daredevil took off. Mm -hmm. Oh, great, Daredevil 2. We had Jessica Jones. Yeah. We created Luke Cage and Iron Fist just so we can get to this moment. The question is, does it pay off? Now, we both watched the entire, um, I don't even know if we can call it season one because they don't have a season two yet. It's really a mini series. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know it, but I do. And <laughs> um, it, there may or may not be a return of the Defenders. And the question is, do we want it to return? Hmm. I will go first. Yes. And I'm going to tenderly go because I have to. Yes, ma'am. The Defenders is not the Avengers. These are the def the defenders are not like these epic, huge yeah. uh, superheroes who all of them can stand alone and they come together to do a certain thing. The defenders yeah. is really Daredevil and his friends. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it because. Yeah, sure. Even though the story, when you watch The Defenders, it really revolves around Iron Fist. And there is a certain high-level criminal woman, played by Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Who is the head of this notorious evil force called The Hand. Mm. And you've been hearing, if you've watched any of these, uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, especially Iron Fist and Daredevil 2, you know the hand's been creeping through all of those series. Yep. And we finally meet the head. And she's supposed to be bigger, better, and worse than Fisk. Yeah. Uh, and we meet the other portions of the hand, so to speak. And she's got a problem on her hands. Yeah. She's is dealing with something that will create a huge problem for the organization if she doesn't get this situation resolved. She needs the Iron Fist to get a certain situation re resolved. Well, inadvertently, when they go after Iron Fist, they end up bumping into, you know, Daredevil, 
Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, they somehow have to figure out how to save, not New York City, but Hell's Kitchen, which is really like three blocks and two avenues. I don't understand. It's like, if you live in New York, you're like, you guys are fighting for Hell's Kitchen? Not that it's bad, but it's like, t- literally Hell's Kitchen is probably well, you like know, seven blocks and two avenues. Well, maybe it's now because the real estate is, is so valuable. Maybe that's what it is. That's what it is. But my question is, why aren't you bothering, you know, why aren't you asking Tony Stark or Spider-Man or any of the 18 million Because they don't need the Omega level people. Oh, right. And, and just below. They need the people who can't even, that can barely run. <laughs> well, anyway, that's my question with that. But here's what I'll say about it without, you know, complete trash. Was it my cup of tea? Not really. But I will go on record and say Daredevil is the best. Yes. The best TV superhero and can probably contend with some of the superhero movies. Every single time Daredevil was on the screen, Mm. his stakes were much higher, even though technically Iron Fist's stakes should have been higher. His stakes were were the highest. He um, had an invested love interest who come, if you watch Daredevil 2, I'm not gonna spoil it, but there is a resurrection Uh of a specific person and a redemption of a specific character. No, no, you're you're right about that. Um, Who (laughs) comes back and sort of haunts the entire team, but Daredevil specifically. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I didn't, I enjoyed Luke Cage better when he's with Jessica Jones. Yes. I, and his dialogue is much better. Yes. Um, Daredevil was was stellar. I I cannot, however, co-sign on any you know what? I, I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> well, I will I, let you, I'll let I you will say it. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Iron Fist. Look. Oh, jeez. Iron And I, I just have to do this. I, we're normally not this harsh. It's the actor. Oh, I, I can't How many times do I have I to say? I can't say it, but I... I yeah, you, this is just me. Look into my eyes. Yeah, this is me talking. <laughs> this is the critic. I, <laughs> I say it numerous times. Get on voice and everybody if you don't know what that means we will reintroduce you on voice means that you are not here are the three states of talking okay without yelling you're either whispering just talking or doing both (laughs) so off voice is when you're doing both kind of like this it's like it's like neo no way no way that's off voice now imagine if I talk like this all the time, you would say, what in the world is wrong with him, right? <laughs> but for some Shut reason, for some reason, all of the, a lot of these TV actors decided to go to some school of the off voice and talk <laughs> like this anytime a big moment comes. And what it tells us is the actor is not invested. This is acting 101. Well, and we also have to say that mm-hmm. Of all of the four, yeah, it's Daredevil does not, and I repeat, have any other powers except for his heightened senses. Senses, right. right? He's not. He doesn't have a fist. He doesn't have super strength. He can't. You know, Jessica Jones can partly fly a little bit or, or glide. We don't know what she can do. Yeah. Um, but she's got super strength. Yeah. Daredevil like is like old school Superman. Yeah. Old school Superman. Mm-hmm. Daredevil has, not, and he's the most compelling of uh, yes. the four. 
Yes. He, Daredevil is supposed to, Iron Fist should be able to kick Daredevil's tail. Mm-hmm. But in the series, that's not the case. And so at the end of the day, when you get to the end, I don't, oh, I'll let you Well, you know what? I think you said it. I, really, when Daredevil's on the screen, it just picks up. And, and we talked about this. Luke Cage is better with Jessica Jones. I wonder what's going on with the writing. Hmm. That's my question. And I'll tell you this. I enjoyed this the most when they were all together fighting. The fighting yeah, was, they, they, mm-hmm. they redeemed themselves with that embarrassment in Iron Fist. This stuff, I was like, this is it. And Sigourney Weaver is Sigourney Weaver. She is. And by the time you get to the end of it, just realize that you are going to enjoy Daredevil even more. I, I have to put that on record. Mm. You, will, you will thoroughly enjoy him more because at the end of it, you'll see yeah. why you will do that. So, moving on, sorry, that was a huge detour. The Tick, which is another superhero, but a different take on the superhero on Amazon, its first season. I started watching this as a, just, I was bored. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. And binge that sucker. It was so ridiculous. (laughs) I will let you set it up and I'll just chime in. Oh, The Tick. The Tick is this a big man in a blue costume. <laughs> a bug. He's a tick. Yeah, yeah. And he has all of these easy powers. Like, he will <laughs> knock you out and, and it's, you know, nothing to him. Um, but he's lost his memory. And he's not that bright. He's not. He doesn't know quite who he is, why he has these powers, where they came from, none of that. Now, he meets um, a geeky guy. <laughs> um who winds up in a suit. He finds a suit that gives him some powers, but he has no idea of how to use it. So the question is, can he stay safe and keep this suit? And the Tick is trying to be his friend, but doesn't really understand what's going on. Shows up at his job outside the window, okay? And (laughs) this is up high, and stuff like that. So this is six episodes and it's a half hour per. And it's a comedy, it's pure comedy. Pure comedy. And we have to say there is a character, speaking of Marvel and Daredevil, Mm -hmm. there is a character, basically it makes fun of all superheroes. Because this is a time in which the superheroes were at a peak and this character watched his, uh, a tragedy happen at the hands of a very evil villain who's played by, Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. And that character is the guy who gets that suit. Yes. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the, the, they're making fun of superheroes and you see nods of like the Punisher. You see nods yes. of, you know, Marvel and, and other uh, uh, DC Comics uh, characters. It really is a remedy to the Defenders. If you watch the Defenders yeah. and it's all with seriousness, if you want to laugh at all that stuff, check out the tick. Definitely. Now, listen, we're not going to end this thing without talking about a few others, especially Uh. Netflix's fourth season, Narcos. Oh. No, it's third season. Third season. Yep, third season. It's it's being, it's getting another swift extra, how many ever, 10 episodes for season four. Now, if you don't know anything about Narcos you better hold on to your hats, because here we go. Well, the first two seasons were all about how they caught Pablo Escobar. 
This third season is about the Cali cartel. So it, this car, this is all based on true stuff, but it's not true, okay? Right, right. So, you know, this is still in Colombia. The Cali cartel was a part of um, what was going on in the first two seasons. They just weren't the main players. So now we have my boy Pedro Pascal still playing this DEA agent in Colombia trying to now capture the Cali cartel. And he's in charge now because of his fame that he achieved by capturing Escobar. Mm-hmm. So the thing about this season is there are more people to capture, which heightens the stakes. I enjoyed this season the most. Mm. So the second season to me was good, but not quite as good as the first. This one, the third one, oh yes. Once it, once you start it, it starts ramping up more and more as you go through. So it's actually a good binge in that way. It just picks up the pace and the steam until you get to the end. Um, so if you like the previous two seasons, certainly check this out. And I will commend them for just changing the story and improving at the same oh, time. Now you can catch all that on Netflix. It's only 10 episodes. So if you want to get caught up before season four, it's very, very possible. Now, Sundance, which, oh, hello. Yeah. Uh, Sundance TV released Top of the Lake China Girl, which was a three-night event. It's like a mini-series. And it's season two, six hours total. Is it worth our time? Yes. Oh. Now look, right. I was not a fan, sorry, of the first season of this. I could not, I just couldn't keep watching it. I didn't know why. Like, they always have great cast, and Jane Campion is a wonderful director who uh, co-created this. First season, I just couldn't. I'm sorry, Holly Hunter. I love you. I just couldn't do it. <clears throat> this season now, here's the thing. So if you haven't watched the first season, you don't need to for the second season. Oh. Because I didn't. Now we have Elizabeth Moss, who, I mean, Emmy winner, everything. From Handmaid's Tale. Tale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mad Men, me, if you don't know who she is. Mad Men, yes, all of that. Um, the West Wing. Look. She plays a detective. And this is, um, she. it starts in New Zealand in the first season. She's now come back to the mainland, to Australia. And she has a lot of skeletons in her closet. She's a troubled woman, but she's a great detective. But she's a female detective, so we know what goes on with that. Mm -hmm. Now, in this season, Gwendolyn Christie wants to become a female detective herself, and that is Brienne of Tarth from A Game of Thrones, if you don't, if you know who that is. Mm -hmm. So she's in this, and there's this antagonistic relationship, kind of friends, kind of not. All right. Now, what's going on? There is. There are some, there, there are prostitutes. Um, and I believe it's legal, like it's not quite like it is in the States. But they're being used as surrogates. In Australia, that's illegal okay. to pay for surrogacy. Mm -hmm. Whoa, it's very handmaiden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the thing is, of course, there's a murder. We have to figure out who did it, who it is, all of that. We get through it, but it goes through the rabbit hole of that of that uh, environment. And we also find out that Elizabeth Moss's character, someone in her family pops up she wasn't expecting. I won't tell you who. Mm -hmm. And this is roped into it. By the way, in this season, Elizabeth Moss is also joined by Nicole Kidman. 
Oh boy, Nicole Kidman is taking TV on by force. And I'll tell you, once you get maybe the end of the first episode, into the second, hooked. So they go for it here. There is no half stepping top of the Lake China girl. All right. Transparent. We'll end this. Yes. With Amazon Prime's Transparent, which is in its fourth season. Yeah. Did you even think it would? Um, <laughs> Jeffrey is back, and yeah. he is looking different more and more. Yeah. And is, yeah. And is behaving. It, 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 it catches up on the fourth season. Yeah, so uh, Jeffrey Tambor um, plays a transgender woman. We've gone through the transition. We've seen that. Um, and now she's becoming more of herself. She's now, because at first it, she was attracted to women. Now she's with a man. Okay. Whoa. All right. And uh, her ex-wife, played by Judith Light, they have a friendship. It's okay. So Judith Light's like, oh, wow. And they have um, three kids, two daughters and a son. They're all grown. They all have problems. All of them have problems. So what we find out in this season, Ref, is there is a long lost family member who shows up. We thought this person was dead. He's not. <laughs> so they go to Israel this time. And we see a fallout of all of that. Now, Transparent is, they, they call it a dramedy. It's really a drama. Mm. This is a drama. It, it had more comedic aspects in the first season. Now it's really just a drama and it can be funny. Um, we also see uh, them in uh, the sex addicts groups. I mean, this is the show you're getting. So they deal a lot with identity of all stripes. It's not just about transsexuality. It's about all kinds of things, a panoply of events. And one of the characters actually is, I think, gender fluid at this point. Okay. But the point is this, everybody. If that kind of stuff, if you go, oh, I don't know. This show is really well written and really well acted. So it almost doesn't matter what the subject matter is. It's about families. So that that's the thread that goes through it, those relationships. And I just buy them all as who they are. So I think that this is a quiet triumph of TV making. Well, you heard our take of Summer TV 2017 right here. Now, don't worry, you can catch all of this on their proper platforms, Amazon, Netflix, yeah. uh, Hulu, and even uh, the individual studios uh, apps that you yes. can binge watch on. So don't worry, you can catch it all right there. But we hope you enjoyed our take on it. I know I did. <laughs> Goodbye, Summer. Bye-bye, Summer, and hello.